Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Level up, human. The comedy science podcast, souping up the Homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how we can make it better. We're taking suggestions from our panel, from our audience here at the Green Man Festival in Einstein's Garden, and from the natural world to try and work out what the next stage in human evolution should be. I'm your host, Simon Watts, and today I'm joined by three bacteria plus time and selective pressures in the form of our wonderful guests. Tonight's judge, deciding which of the ideas we should incorporate into our species, on my immediate left, it's Jack Hill! <laughs> Jack, you are a comedian mm-hmm. and a synthetic biologist. Was comedy going that badly? Yeah. And what's was, the reason? It was pretty tough, to be honest. I... Uh, about a year ago, I did a gig supporting Jim Davidson, and I decided I'm going to carry on with the science instead of the comedy at that point. I love that that was your empirical test yeah. in this case, actually. <laughs> You've got to gather data. You've got to do it. Well, um, we've got a panel here who are going to be suggesting ideas to you. What kind of thing are you hoping that these people might tell you? So I want to hear ideas that are going to benefit humanity, not just make you guys look a bit cooler in front of your mates. And I'm also going to give extra points to anything that, could, that you can convince me would happen in the next, say, 15 years. Essentially, anything I can steal and take on Dragon's Den Season 50 or something would be, would be extra points. Perfect. Now, Jack is the man that the audience here has to impress as well. But first, impressing him, on my immediate right, we're joined by John Chase. Now, John, you, we've known each other for many years in this kind of science communication stuff. Uh, you are a science rapper. Um, and the fact that the audience didn't go woo means either that your job's done or they're all just confused. Uh, it could be both. Why science? Why rap? Just why? Come on. Why? Um, I, my, my, game, my original idea was that to make computer games about science. But I can't program for my life. So I thought I'd do it in raps instead. That's so, really quite yeah. cool. Now, the real reason why you have you here, though, is that you are a proper expert in science fiction, and the world of science fiction has given us lots of ideas for how to improve science as a whole. Have you got a favourite sci-fi book, film, anything you want to tell us about? Um, probably like um, anything by Philip K. Dick, um, and a particular movie, Minority Report, made from one of his books I thought was amazing. So... Um, We'll be talking about that a bit later. Perfect. And we're also joined in the far side, we have there, uh, Melissa Bonus. Hello. 
Now, when Mel was, and I, we first talked about this podcast, uh, she was very keen to tell me that M. Bovis, her name, is also the bacterium that causes TB in cows. Uh, why were you so proud of that? Please, tell us more. I don't know. I'm not a microbiologist, so I feel if I had had that name as a microbiologist, I either would have been bullied or revered in the lab. So... But it says here that you studied biochemistry and genetics and you're now doing nanotechnology and cancer because you want to do all the sexy science at once, more or less. <laughs> yeah, Are it sounds very futuristic, less glamorous. So well, science funded. That's even better. <laughs> this is good. No, so I've actually moved out of uh, nanotech and cancer research now and I now work, uh, it seems like a natural transgression, but in autism research. Okay. It seems like an obvious career move, not really. But this means that you've got a background in pretty much everything that we need. So you can tell us about nanotech, oh. you can tell us about genetics, and you can tell us some about the science of the mind. Sure, sure. No, we can change. <laughs> I'm trying to justify your existence here. Come on, as one of the most funded... <laughs> Thanks, Simon. You make me feel good. This is fantastic. Yeah, you're not just something that kills cows. This is a good thing. <laughs> so, these are our panel. Please give everyone a warm welcome, because not just are we getting ideas from them, we've got them from our wonderful audience here at the Green Man Festival in Einstein's Garden. Give everyone a warm welcome, please. <laughs> So, before we jump into the future and try and tell what evolution is going to do to us and make us, each of our panels brought along a news story to try and see what is happening in science right at this very minute. Uh, why don't we start with you, Jack? Sure. So, my news story is about a group of scientists who have engineered some bacteria to uh, deliver drugs into cancer tumours in mice. Are you saying they've developed and evolved dealers? Uh, Maybe I've phrased it slightly wrongly, no. They are using the bacteria to uh, release the drugs in the cancer tumours in these mice. And why does cancer like drugs? Is it at a festival? <laughs> I think these are medicinal drugs. Okay, so what is this actually... Like, why is this better than what... what what's, what makes this better, I suppose, than what we have now? Why so do we if you have this? large tumours, then things like chemotherapy often attack the outside of the tumours but are hard to get to the, to the centre of the tumour and therefore wipe it out completely, whereas these bacteria can grow in the centre... Once their population reaches a certain size, most of the population dies, and they leak out this drug, and it attacks the centre of the tumour. It's pretty cool stuff. So it's the targeting system that we really yeah, yeah, need. Yeah, It exactly, also means yeah. it reduces side effects. So, for example, chemotherapeutics have a lot of bad side effects. So um, the reason they work so well in cancer is because they're fast, rapidly-growing cells. But there are also lots of other cell types in our body that are fast-growing, like hair cells, um, that's where your hair falls out, and also skin cells. That's where your skin can help with chemo treatment. And also like the lining of your stomach. That's why you get nauseous on chemotherapeutics, because they kind of target all those things. Wow. So it's just a cut down. So that's wonderful. So that's happening right now. Let's go to you then, uh, Mel. What is your new story? What have you brought so with you? So recently, um, Facebook, you may have heard of it, um, released a drone. So that kind of sounds a bit ominous, but apparently it's all for good reasons, in that um, they want to try and give uh, rural areas and remote areas free Wi-Fi and internet connection. So the idea is that want to kind of globally connect the world. So read into that what you will. When you first told me this new story, I was imagining that you unfriend somebody and a predator drone attacks their house. <laughs> it's really extreme. Why is this a good thing? Because I, I should point out that this is a fantastic initiative. And again, people are starting to look at uh, web access as maybe even being a fundamental human right in today's day and age. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of also think it's dependent on the kind of devices that you have available as well. So I'm not really sure how that will work. Um, but also, in terms of the actual power of the connectivity, I think I'd rather have no Wi-Fi than crap Wi-Fi. There's nothing worse than crap Wi-Fi. This stuff does matter. I was doing a documentary in Kenya a couple of years back, and we were, we were watching a dead elephant decompose. And as we went out with all the park rangers and everything, I wondered why suddenly everybody was climbing on top of this massive log. And it was because the only place in the entire park where you could get reception. 
It was this, this. It was like a whole meerkat colony of humans standing as tall as they could in the middle of the Serengeti. Right. Uh, finally, John, what's your news story? Okay. Um, well, originally I looked at smart skin, which is basically a, a layer of plastic that you put over that you could control your phone with. But then, as I looked into it, I found something even more recent than that. It's called Skin Track, basically. And have you ever seen those smart watches with the tiny little screens? You kind of got to go like this. Well, they've developed a technology that extends that to your arm or even the back of your hand. So you can actually draw on the back of your hand to control your watch. Yeah? Um, and you can also dial numbers off the back of your palm. Or the front of your palm? No, that's the back of your palm. Yeah, the back of your, behind your palm. They can't see you <laughs> on yeah, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the part that's on the other side of your palm, which is called... Yeah, exactly. See, look, the, these the crowd in the know. The funny thing Enough is, most people know things like they know the back of your hand, and you don't know the back of your hand. <laughs> I don't. That shows how much I know. Right? But the back of your hand, you can actually type on the back of your hand to control, like to do your phone numbers and Wait, stuff. what? Your finger. So you use your finger, and you just put it on the back of your arm or your forearm, and you motion like you would on a touch screen. So it turns your arm into a touchpad, and also the back of your hand. Perfect. All right, so that's what's happening right now, but we're going to take this a step forward into the future. Our panelists here are going to pitch their ideas. Why don't we start with you, Mel? What's your idea? Trying so to my idea is all about uh, super night vision. So it's the idea that actually we could all be able to see in the dark and much better. So a lot of animals already do this, but the idea is if we do that, then essentially we'll completely abolish the need for artificial lighting. And that is going to pretty much save the planet. I really like this idea because we arrived here in the dark and we saw our tent the next morning and boy, it was not as sturdy as we thought it was when we set it up at night. So I think for Green Man, this would be a great okay. idea. So come on, tell, tell me more of how you'll actually do it though. How do we make ourselves see in the dark? So it's all to do with a number of kind of light sensitive cells at the back of your eye. So it's literally just a case of um, kind of increasing the number of them. So I don't think it'd be too complicated. So things like animals like cats have about six to eight times the number of these cells, which is why they can see well in the dark. So I feel like doing some kind of genetic engineering, or essentially there are technologies where you can implant nanoparticles to drop off a payload, like you were talking with the cancer therapy, to maybe try and stimulate the growth of these cells. Why do you think we haven't got this already? Like, I could imagine an evolutionary benefits being able to see you know, predators or something in the dark. How come we haven't got this already? Why has evolution stopped at where we are? Good question. <laughs> it's a very good one because lots of mammals have it. Like cats have got, it's called a tapetum lucidum which is a layer. It translates from Greek-ish, biology speak, into bright carpet. So they get a reflective layer. That means that they get a second go at the light. Well, the thing is with... Is it, I think it's a true, correct me if I'm wrong, biologist, but like cats and owls can't... They don't actually have good peripheral vision. So they can't actually move their eyes side to side like we can, um, unless they're a bit shifty. So I think the eyes are actually kind of static in their sockets, so maybe that's why. So you think, ah, ah actually, okay, there's a compromise. This so could be kind of a downside. To have night vision, we've got static vision. Which means we have to like move our heads more, basically. Well, if we can do that, it's 360 like ours, it's cool, right? I, I, I don't know, that'd be fine. Exactly. Can I ask a question about carrots? Go on. Uh-oh. Is that a myth or not? Of course. It is. It's got to be complete rubbish. Okay. <laughs> do you know the story behind why, though? Oh, I do. is it the Dutch? Why the orange? No, I'm different, sorry. Uh, it's called John <laughs> Cat's Cunningham. Now, this is one of those things of... Levels of truth are subjective in this. It's like a political speech, right? Um, basically, they think that the British uh, government and British RAF during World War II wanted to perpetuate the idea that they were using cats, they were using, sorry, carrots to improve their night vision, when actually they were using radar. 
So it was because they, this new technology allowing us in the sky to see German planes at night that they were trying to cover it in some ways. And also, it just means, eat carrots, they're good for you. Go for <laughs> it. So actually, come on then. Is this on the short list? What will we call this first, Mel? Is this just night no, vision? Yeah, super night vision, I want to say. Super night vision. Adding super to make it sound convincing. Good. Yeah, it, it, make, it makes better. a short list. I mean, I'm, I'm going to question, one quick question. How long would it take for us to do it? I don't know. I feel like it should be kind of a government scheme that's rolled out. Because <laughs> otherwise, it'll only be the select few privileged that might be able to have access to it. And that's just going to... That means we won't be able to like abolish artificial lighting because only some people have it. Well, that sounds so like a valid concern, but that also sounds like the answer's ages. But it still makes the short list because <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, then. Go for it, John. How can you beat this? Right, um... Can I just see a show of hands for anyone who's seen Minority Report? By whoop whooping again. Okay, so there's quite a few hands. And can we get a whoop just to represent for radio? <laughs> see, you can hear that a good few people have uh, seen this movie. Now, in Minority Report, you had three people called the Precogs. And they were able to help the future or predict the possible future. Once they'd seen it, the police would basically run and pick up a guy who's sitting there like this in his house, looking at a knife. Now pick him up, take him to prison and say, you was going to kill this person. I know you haven't done it yet, but you're guilty of thinking of doing it. Yeah? Uh, pre-thought. So um, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we had some kind of precognitive ability through some possible chip that might be embedded in our brain? Wow. So does everybody get this chip embedded in their brain from birth and then we know what they're going to do all the way through the future or is it just a short-term thing? Well, I think everyone should get it because then if everyone's got it, it makes it even easier for the technology to work. Yeah, It's kind of like having driverless cars. If you've got a few people with driverless cars, then you've got people like us who are imperfect and make mistakes. And you've got the driverless cars who don't make any mistakes. But if they were all driverless cars, it would be a lot safer because they would all be able to know what each other was going to do. So if we all had the chip, we would all be able to benefit of the knowledge of the other person's chip. How do we get to that stage, though? We get to that stage via some people having the chip, and who's going to have it first? Me, of course. You want to have the chip? (laughs) Yes! Wow, so you've got nothing to hide. I've got an actual reason for it. My baby has this really amazing ability to vomit over us, and she does it when you least expect it. But then, actually, I've realised that you can kind of expect it if she's just eaten and you change her from flat to sitting up, there's more likely to vomit over you. So I thought, wow, you can make... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You predict that, put it into a chip, and the chip will go, eh, you know what's going to come up. And you wouldn't just go like that. You'd go, oh, something's telling me to hold my baby here. I'm not sure of this because having a baby, the, the main way of telling that they're not going to vomit is that they already have. Like, you'd say that. <laughs> Statistical. Yeah, it, it's going to happen before the end because John's baby is at the back of our tent here right now and Sorry, is going to times. do a projectile demonstration for us, I'm sure, at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Minority Report would have been quite as exciting if you'd written it, so I don't know if you'd be is using that not power just, for the best. Is this not just mind reading? No, not totally mind reading. So I put it this way. So you know Red Sky at Night, Shepherd's Delight, Yeah clear thing in the UK doesn't work in every country but over here it's a way of getting an idea of whether it might be a good day the next day now if you was to say to your phone will it rain on Tuesday your phone will actually respond to you I've looked at the weather well it doesn't say like that but it actually looks at the weather forecast and tells you back the chances of rain now I'm going to link this with another bit of technology there's a metal plate that you can put on your tongue that can change the flavours on your tongue can make you feel like you've had something sweet or sour so imagine this plate on your tongue and you'd think, is it going to rain tomorrow? And then it suddenly tastes sweet in your mouth. Like synthesia. Yeah. It's, yeah, brilliant. And then now you know, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow because your phone has Googled the answer, come back, and all it does is send a message to say sweet. The answer to your question is okay. yes. Wait so I minute. thought about this a lot, you can see. <laughs> this, okay, Jack, is this on the shortlist? It is not on the shortlist. We just have the night oh. vision so far. So no minority port. Sorry, John. Audience, come on, you can do better than our panel here. What's your name, please? My name is Morgan, and I think... Well, how likely do you think adaptions would be to survive in space with less equipment needed? Because right now you'd need, like, space suits, various life support systems, like, big suits. So what, how about, like, skin that's more resistant to radiation, which would also help on Earth in various places, but mainly, like... This is, a, this is a very interesting... So actually, can we, can we refine this a bit more, Morgan? So should we look to be radiation-proof as a starting point? Because there's lots of other problems in space. Yeah, that'll be a good place to start. Okay, what do you think, panel? I love it. I, um, there's a, so there's a bacteria that is very resistant to radiation, which people have nicknamed Conan the Bacterium, and people are very interested in finding out why it's so resistant to radiation. And I think that's exactly why, because if we can get that kind of resistance into us somehow, then potentially long-term human space travel will be more feasible. That sounds like a Dinococcus radiogerans, which is a really incredible bacteria. But the way it does it is it repairs its DNA incredibly, incredibly quickly. So it's still being damaged. It just it is amazing at getting it. But you want a means of like a... Do you want to just like have a kind of lead coating? Maybe a bit more attractive than that, than just being like the thing from... It's all about the aesthetics. I love, yeah, I love that you went to the aesthetics of that, yeah. actually. <laughs> Um, all look good in space. I think that at the festival there's probably people wearing enough glitter to be radiation proof anyway. <laughs> They'll just bind it off you. Is this on the shortlist? Anything to add? Do you want to argue against him? Oh, no. I, I think it's a cool idea. You may or may not... Have you heard of the word cyborg before? Yeah, right. So the word cyborg was coined by, by two guys and it was writing a paper and they called it Cyborg in Space. And the idea was that if humans could go into space, why have all this extra stuff why it would be better off if we changed ourselves to suit the environment that we go to. So that's where the word cyborg was actually came, where, where it was coined. So actually, cyborgs, the idea of them would come about for that very reason. And the I say that, I think Darth Vader kind of falls into that category as well. His suit, the way he looks, was because he was meant to travel in space. 
Can I just ask why you want to be in space more than Earth? What space got that Earth hasn't? Space is awesome. <laughs> Have you been? Good man. <laughs> Have Done. you been there? There's a, there's a lot of it. I'll give you that much. There's a lot of it. There's probably a lot more places better than here. That's that's very true, but also kind of. Who are you running from, mate? <laughs> Wonderful. Give Morgan a huge round of applause. It's on the short list. Please, sir, what's your name and what's your idea? Hi, I'm Johnny. Um, my idea, um, maybe it's a bit of a dull one, but I think it might help a lot, is so everybody has their heart on one side of their chest. Why not have a second heart? So if one packs in, the other one can take over, like with... Um, like your Kidneys. Kidneys. Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Johnny, have you seen Doctor Who? No. No, so that's why you're at a music festival rather than home right now. So this is a good thing. <laughs> Doctor Who has two hearts. Now, come on, Johnny here. Like, John, as our sci-fi expert, why is that not possible? Why is it good? Tell us more. No, well, actually, there are humans who are born with their hearts on the other side. Um, I don't know about doubling up on it, whether you'd have the space, but um, I'm not the biologist, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you about that. But I know, yeah, in science fiction, he's got two hearts, one packs up, and the other one kicks in, so there's, it's Doctor Who. There's probably some kind of fluid dynamic issue with two pumps pumping around the same thing. If they both pump at the same time, are they oh, working yeah, they'd, against each they'd other? They'd have to be in sync. That's a very yeah. good point, actually. I like yeah. saying that, yeah, there's probably some sort of fluid dynamics thing. We work in a chemistry department. If anything goes wrong, we go, ah, yeah, thermodynamics. You know, it's always the, uh, the, the problem that we can't quite pin down on. If we're going to go, f like, maybe a better way of improving your heart, if we're going to go full Doctor Who, is just to have one that's bigger on the inside. Have <laughs> we thought about <laughs> <laughs> You know when you get really big-hearted people and they're really kind? Ah, Siamese twins, that's true, actually. Somebody should shout out that. Um, I think there's, actually, there's lots of creatures out there which have multiple hearts. It's just they're not the same as ours. Lots of types of fish. It's actually, in the case of humans, that the fish heart has pretty much evolved to be connected together. Anyway, give them a huge round of applause. And more importantly, Jack, is this on the list? Coupled with your Doctor Who, of a heart that's bigger on the inside, yes, it's on the list. <laughs> Wow. So we just have to break physics, never mind improving biology. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't tick that box of it's going to happen in 15 years and get me on Dragon's Den, but uh, it goes on the list nevertheless. Two hearts are on, okay. And there is this lady here, is that right? Please, tell us your name and what your idea is. Uh, so my name's Ruth, and my idea is to increase the frequencies that we can hear, because I think it'd be really interesting to be able to hear some of the sounds that animals make that we can't normally hear. So uh, mice are one of those animals that actually sing. Um, uh, it's very high-pitched, so we can't normally hear it. So I'd like to increase that. You want to hear how many mice are near you. Are you sure about this, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't live in London. <laughs> yeah. Where do you live, Ruth? Uh, Manchester. Okay, that's probably just as bad. <laughs> yes, many... And many. a mouse that's singing like Morrissey is not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, what do you reckon, Panel? Tell us more. I love this if we could have that extended area of the like sort of frequencies that we could hear, but we could also control when we hear them because and, and maybe if we could even apply that to the to the frequencies we can hear nowadays, because again being in a tent at a festival last night I heard some sounds I'd have quite liked to have turned down. So maybe we could have an increased kind of width of uh, like frequencies that we could hear, but also selective hearing. That would be Yeah, awesome. I agree, control. I guess selective hearing does exist to... Yeah, to I agree, control, so. because um, actually rats have supersonic hearing, which means that if you were to leave a, a, a sink, like a stainless steel sink with a tap dripping, 
every time that drip drops onto that stainless seal, it basically sounds like you're screaming intermittently to that animal. So wow. I think I like to be selective because I don't want to hear super sensitive. Yeah, like we've got, actually, we're going to have to come back to here because there's two questions. First of all, I want to know why you're so keen to hear all the animals um, <laughs> in a Dr. Doolittle style. And actually, just leave it at that. Yeah, why are you so keen to hear all the animals? And why would it be useful for humanity as well? I don't think it's just animals, though. It isn't just animals I'm after. But, so what are um, you after? But, uh, well, if you could hear lower frequencies, then you could hear things that are travelling towards you, maybe, and, and know what kind of distance they are at. Or No, maybe I do want to know. I want to know when an elephant is uh, shouting. That's very important in Manchester. <laughs> yes. That's very true. <laughs> okay. Actually, we could, if it was a lower frequency, we could use it to detect earthquakes. Yes, exactly. That's so what you'll I was say. again, you could don't run. we have machines that can do this? And don't we have the earthquake that tells you when there's an earthquake? When the things are falling down all around you? Here? <laughs> no, you can predict. predict it, like precognition. Nice. Okay. Wired up directly to your Not head. To that sorry, end. I had to bring it back. I'm, I'm sorry. I do know once that there, the okay, this was maybe a couple of years back. It was the first time they noticed it. Whenever an earthquake fa uh, travelled faster through Twitter than it travelled through the land. <laughs> So there was people who noticed there was going to be an earthquake. So pr this kind of warning system might exist already. Okay. Um, but I should, like, I'm a biologist, right? So I, I have gone to wilderness, and I don't mean, again, parts of Manchester by that. I mean, like, proper wilderness. And the thing which is shocking is how loud it is. I remember sleeping in my tent in the jungle and just wishing nature would shut up <laughs> so I could get to sleep. Do you still want this? Selective hearing, I think. Okay. <laughs> And I'm that screaming baby heard you there yeah. as well, I should point out. <laughs> Is Ruth's idea on the list, Jack? Not quite, no. Sorry. Uh, well, ladies and gents, we're nearly out of time. Before we go to uh, finish up, though, I'm going to take you a final suggestion. This one's coming all the way from Mother Nature herself. Um, Jack, can you please describe what you're looking at here to our people at home? A lot of trees. <laughs> yes. This, uh, if you'll notice the strange cuts to them, this is a rubber tree. And uh, they can make around about, oh, you're talking gallons uh, of rubber a single day. Um, they do need to be sort of taken care of, and it takes many years before they get to that stage. But what I'm suggesting we steal from a rubber tree is the ability to make rubber. I think the, the ability for humans to secrete a useful product. Yeah. Like be able to build your own cocoon. No, I'm saying this specific... Build your own webs. Yeah, precisely. And, and we're at a festival. Who wouldn't love to just grow their own wellies at will? Yeah. yeah? Silkworms, bees make honey. You know, there's loads of animals that secrete useful stuff, but we don't really create anything useful. So, yeah, that's, that's my suggestion. We, we just make our own rubber. You, if anybody's, the lady at the back who's smiling slightly <laughs> lecherously is thinking about something quite different, but, you know, <laughs> we can do this for all sorts. If you're in the lab, any of you people, you, you know how many latex gloves you throw away? Um, so hold on, is this on the shortlist? Make your own rubber? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't get many <laughs> ideas that get through. Place. You'd be extra protected on every level as well, if you're honest. And if you're like, uh, going, going at a festival like this, you're really bouncy. We thought of that? Okay, Jack, you've got a couple to choose from. So we've got Mel's idea of super Ooh. night vision. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Morgan's idea of radiation proofing the species. Probably not with lead paint. With Johnny's idea of having a second backup redundant heart perhaps. Uh, and then we had the final idea of making our own rubber at will. 
Okay, I'm going to go with Morgan and the Radiation Proof Species. Morgan and the Radiation Proof Species, give him a huge round of applause, please. <laughs> Morgan, how does it feel to have your idea included in our podcast, and uh, how are you going to make this happen? It feels pretty good, and uh, I don't really have the means or the funding to start this, but hopefully oh, someone no. does. This was your chance to look for a grant. There's all sorts of people giving them... How old are you, Morgan? I'm 16. I'll be collecting donations out the back of the tent at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, the things you have to do to fund a degree nowadays are actually getting towards that length. I suggest we all go and Kickstarter and crowdfund this man. Um, please give him a huge round of applause. Thanks so much. Okay, we're going to go and take that idea and add it to our species to make us Homo sapiens plus... Before we go, we've got one final thing to do. I want you to give our panellists and our guests here a wonderful round of applause. So, first of all, we've had John Chase, we've had Mel Bovis, we've had Jack Hill. This has been Level Up Human. I'm your host, Simon Watts, at the Green Man Festival. We've had a great time. Thank you and good night. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyuman.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.